you just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life. We understand how it is. Lawrence goes downfield. The catch is made. Tua goes deep for Waddle. Got it in stride. Touchdown, Alabama. Pat's interference. Jalen Hurts solidified himself. He will go down as probably one of my favorite players of all time. There are two kings of college football, but one of them's wearing the crown. Alabama's offensive coordinator position has become just like the defense against the dark arts position at Hogwarts. Don't you find it kind of shocking we haven't been taken off iTunes yet? Hey everyone, Christian Miller here, former Alabama linebacker number 47, and you're listening to Pat's Interference. What's going on, college football fans? This is Pat's Interference, your favorite college football podcast. This is year five, episode four. Uh, We got a doozy for you today. Week one was a blast. Week two is going to be just as fun. And me and my best friend in the whole world. Whole world. Patrick Brigman are ready to give it to you. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. You can find us on social media. Let's get this done off the top. Uh, we are at PI underscore podcast on Twitter at Pat's Interference. That's uh, P-A-T apostrophe S interference on Facebook, patsinterference.com. And obviously you're listening right now, so you know where you can hear us on your favorite podcasting location. Uh, we also have an email address if you feel so strongly to do so. It's patsinterference at gmail.com. Brick, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good. Hey, speaking of that email address, if you'd like to apply for an official Pat's Interference internship, yes. uh, that's yep. that's how you'll reach out to us. You'll just hit us up at patsinterference at gmail.com. That is also what I use. I'm actually not going to spoil that because I don't want people to... Take my money, I guess. Probably wouldn't happen. Um, oh, you asked me a question. I'm good, man. <laughs> What's up with you? Oh, I'm good. I think we need like an intern to run our, like, okay, like a sound engineer to set up our sound booth. Yes. Like a producer to actually put our episode together. Yes. We need an intern to do our social media. We need an intern to run our website. Yes, and you'll have to uh, relocate. Some of you will have to relocate to Starrett, Alabama. Some of you will have to relocate to Durham, North Carolina. We also can't afford to pay you, but if you're interested in becoming a patent or... Okay, so, like, you've got... Your resume, right? You you want to put this on your resume. Let me tell you sure. this right now. Okay, you've got the Dan Patrick Show. Who cares? You've got uh, you know uh, the ESPN. You've got the SEC networks. Who gives a rat's ass if you can put Dan Leba? Who? Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, uh, uh, Paul Feinbaum. What? No, you want to put Pat's interference intern on your resume, and I swear, by the time you hit thirty-five, you'll be the leader of the free world. Yeah, probably. 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 That's Not actually that. how that's actually a big reason that Donald Trump's president is because <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he I like how we just have started this thing in year five where we just keep going with a bit till it just devolves into nothing. Oh, I was about to get into that's how he became a billionaire and okay. then became president. All right. All right. Uh the good news is you get a tax break because technically since we worship college football, this is a religious cult. I mean group. <laughs> Yes, we we are we are uh, we are close to that as possible here on the oh baby. It's better than this, guys being dudes. It's our favorite thing in the world to bring this podcast to you guys. Just guys being dudes. Hey, let's get into week one, shall we? We had a we had a doozy of a Thursday night last week. Yeah, a lot uh, of good Thursday games. A lot of good Thursday games. Let's talk about uh, Clemson. Travis Etienne putting his name up there for the Heisman pretty early with a very aggressive 12 carries for 205 yards. And, uh, oh, yeah, two touchdowns on top of that as Clemson rolls the Yellow Jackets 52-14. to 14. Trevor Lawrence did not play his best game. 13 for 23 for 168 yards. Did have a touchdown, but also threw two picks. Brick, are you worried 
about Trevor Lawrence? No, I'm not. Although that seems to be the only thing anybody's talking about from this game. Like, like they didn't give their like they didn't just give their running back the ball twelve times. You said for two hundred something yards, and I he had believe. a ninety yard touchdown. He had like a forty, a sixty. It was like, yeah. I mean, yeah. yes. At some point, Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be able to play a game like that. Maybe this weekend against Texas A and M. Trevor Lawrence can play. He he could be average all season, and Clemson will win out. I mean, look at Greg McElroy. I mean, like he can be average all season and went out. Like, look at Blake Sims. Actually, Blake Sims was awesome, but you get what I'm saying. He doesn't even have to be the Trevor Lawrence that we know he is. So I'm not even remotely worried about Clemson or Trevor Lawrence. Right. Uh, T. Higgins and Justin Ross both had huge catches, um, too. Uh, or, well, I guess just T. Higgins. I'm sorry. I thought the other one was Justin Ross, but it ended up Higgins was the one with the 62-yarder uh, down the sideline, made a great catch on the ball. You know, uh, it, it doesn't bode great, for what Clemson's going into in week two, which we'll get into a little bit later, but I'm still not worried about them in the least. I think it was a little bit of first week jitters, which we saw a lot of top teams have brick. Uh, one of those teams being Alabama, um, if you're good on Georgia Tech Clemson. Yeah, no, I, I don't know that there's much else to say there. The most, the most we can really say is that if we're going to sit here and even bring up negatives about Clemson in a 52-14 win, then that's how good this team is. Speaking of... Now you can go to Alabama. That was my transition. Speaking of, Alabama only up by 11 at halftime. Did sit four starters uh, in the first quarter. Ended up just being the first quarter, not the first half. Um, that obviously kind of, I think that... Can I... Uh, nah, you, no, you, you, you go ahead. I, should, I shouldn't go into the ins and outs of, of, of asking the University of Alabama these kinds of things. I don't want to upset anybody. So you just continue. I, I thought better of what I was about to say. Okay. You know, I don't even know where you're going, but if you're already slamming the brakes on it, that means we probably shouldn't say it. Let's just uh, not do it on this on this uh, very, very, you know, millions of people listen to this podcast, so no. there are times when you have to be careful. You don't want to offend anybody. Um, remember the scandal from last year? Remember yes. what you said and, like, like Kate Middleton got involved? I we don't want to go through that again. I didn't think our lawyers would ever get off that case. Bosco <laughs> had to work. I mean, she burned the candle at both ends. Who Bosco. Bosco, okay. Bosco is our ringer, right? Bosco, a former, by the way, Pat's Interference intern, might make more money from this podcast than us now. Uh, I guarantee she does. Yeah, so, um, God, where are we? What, are, what, what were we saying? Like, Alabama was only up by 11 That's and a half. That's right. Everybody's starting to freak out for no reason. Uh, then Alabama came out and covered the spread. Yeah. So... Not that much to talk about. They only gave up three points. They had a turnover at their own 25 and gave up zero points from it. Um, You know, it's as bad as, quote-unquote, bad as they played in the first few drives. You know, you had uh, Tua Tungavailoa throwing for over uh, 330 yards. Um, You had Jerry Judy with, what, 13 catches? Yeah. Uh, No, Uh, 10. Sorry, career-high 10 for a buck 30-something. Yeah, I mean, it, oh, that's where I got the 13 from. Yeah, so it was 13 yards a catch. But, I mean, it it was really a great game. It was really a great game. Uh, you know, they if you're, if, Yeah, if you're coming I, away from this game with more negatives than positives to say about it as an Alabama fan, and I'll even be a Bama homer here. This used to be an Alabama football podcast till we made it more of a national deal. We're both Alabama grads, but, like, well, we just got too big for that. So we've got a lot of Alabama fans that are friends of ours because, again, that's where we went. And if you, we've had multiple, we both know separate people that have gone and looked at this game and had more negatives to say than positives. And that's, 
One, you, you're making us look stupid. It's and just, two, it's wrong. You had one thing that I enjoyed seeing from this game was Miller, Forrestall, and Major Tennyson both getting touchdown. Player of the game, baby. Player look, of the game. Look, we don't have time to get into why you call him that. That's no. a, that's a different that's a different topic for a different day. But uh, Major Tennyson and Miller Forrestall getting more touches on the ball, I really like seeing. I'm a really big fan of getting the ball to your tight ends, and I think Tua's adjusted to this Harkeesian offense very well. It's not that hard when you are Tua, but at the same time, I think he looked great. Um, I, I saw, I think it was on Reddit, uh, somebody said that Alabama's offense this year was just going to be death by a thousand cuts, right? I'd but be fine if with you've that. got a game where your uh, quarterback is 26 for 31 for 336 yards and four touchdowns, and you're complaining about something, something is wrong with you, not the team. I think death by a thousand cuts is a good thing. I mean, you've got like... it's oh, great. You don't... Tua, Tua fell into a... Uh, I mean, and they've talked about it all offseason. He, he, he became too reliant on the big play. He, he, he always yes. went for the home run. And we saw how that actually, I mean, it affected the team in the national championship game uh, against LSU. I mean, you had people, you had, you know, mistakes there and you had injuries. But, like, he's really talked about wanting to take what the defense gives him more. You know, he's yeah. not Superman. He doesn't have to be Superman on every play. I want to get into more from that game before we move on. There's not much to say about a 42-3 to win, but we will talk about more of the positives. You mentioned the tight ends. Well, what about the fact that we started off this podcast last week really sort of bemoaning the loss of, uh, of Dylan Moses? So you're starting two freshmen inside linebackers. Everybody's freaking out. Mm. And, mm. I, the, I mean, yes, it was Duke, but, you know, Duke's... They looked great. Duke, Duke's... Duke's they're not formidable, but they're not a they're not an FCS school. They're not a Group of Five school. They have David Cutcliffe, who's a great offensive coach. Duke can do things on offense, but no. My point is, the two freshman linebackers couldn't have come in and have been better. Yeah. Again, yeah. we'll You're- see how they look when they play a And M in a few weeks. But take those yeah. positives. Don't go, oh, well, you know, your third string running back fumbled on the second drive of the game and you didn't have any points after the first quarter. It's like, who cares? So instead of yeah. 49, they scored 42 this week. Whatever. Uh, Alabama did miss two field goals, so pretty uh, hard for true. the course there. <laughs> Will Reichard, uh, man. Ugh. We'll talk about that. Maybe maybe we'll, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll wait till we hit the alarm button there, but that's the alarming thing to me. Uh, Georgia, Ohio State, and LSU all roll in their opener. Georgia, did you see that Vanderbilt crowd, or should I say the Georgia crowd? Sea uh, of red <laughs> sea on of all red. sides. Yeah. Uh, Middle Tennessee giving Michigan a little bit of a fight. Brick, are you starting to look at your uh, your Michigan or our Michigan playoff pick a little differently after this one? Yes, but no. Like I, I'm I'm more rethinking it because of, and this is why I flip-flopped about four times during our preview episode. Um, I, I'm more flip-floppy because of what I saw from Justin Fields. So to your point, no, I'm not freaking out about Michigan. Uh, if I'm going to sit here and say, don't freak out about Alabama, I can't say, well, I'm worried about Michigan because of what they yeah. did in week one. 100%. They, they started slow. Alabama started slow. Michigan got into a roll. They're going to be fine. Um, yeah. But Ohio uh, State was a little better than I thought they'd w- look on their first week, or at least Justin Fields. Yes, I agree with that. Iowa State uh, struggling against UNI, winning in the uh, winning in triple overtime. Not looking too good for me when I talked them up so big, but we'll see how the season plays. Well, you know out. what that means. That just means that now they're going to be overlooked again. They're going to beat somebody this year. 
Yes. Uh, Memphis beat Ole Miss in a thriller, even though there was no fight, and I am disappointed. Uh, <laughs> Maryland kneecapped Howard. I don't understand where that came from. Uh, North Carolina and South Carolina. People think North Carolina's back, and I'm very, very happy for Mac Brown. Don't get me wrong. He was very emotional after the game. That's always a cool thing to see. But I think we need to sit back and take a second and think about how good the South Carolina team actually is before we declare North Carolina, quote-unquote, back, right? Oh, 100%. I mean, South Carolina was a pedestrian team last year. North Carolina, it's a great moment for them because they went 2-10 and 10 a year ago, so obviously to beat the team right beneath you, you know, I guess you might want to call that a rivalry, even though it's not a traditionally played game. That's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You know, no, you still got a long way to go before you can start acting like you're a top 25 team. Uh, Virginia Tech lost at Boston College. Virginia Tech just still trying to figure it out, I think. Uh, the other games, Brick, the two big uh, Alabama rivals, since, like you said, we used to be an Alabama podcast, both in the headlines for opposite reasons. Let's <laughs> yeah. go to Knoxville, Tennessee. Brick, can you tell me what happened despite uh, Garantano throwing for 311 yards? Can you, can, you, uh, can you just tell me that right quick? Tennessee, man. I trusted you. And you gave me this. Yeah. I, I, it's like, you know, I wasn't talking up Tennessee, but I, I thought that they were going to take a big step this year. And then they go out and they lose to, was it Georgia State? Georgia State. Georgia State. I So ESPN likes to brag about their FPI, Football Power Index. That's their new thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. They uh, I saw their headline that that loss was the fifth worst in college football history. If you go back and look at the FPI of every game, that's bad. Uh, with, let's see, 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, or excuse me, about nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Georgia State sat Garantano for a loss of 12 yards. Garantano fumbled. Georgia State recovered. Again, the score is 28-23 Georgia State. Okay, this game is by no means statistically out of Tennessee's hands. Right. As soon as they lost that fumble with nine minutes left, everyone on Twitter, I said it, people were saying it in the office when we were working, there's no way Tennessee wins this game. Not a chance. No way. Uh, Brick, if you are Tennessee, this is game one. Where do you even go from here? You had three turnovers against Georgia State. You outgained them. You let them control uh, time of possession. Uh, you only outgained them by 50 yards, by the way, which isn't that hard when you keep turning it over in your own end. Uh, you had less first downs. I mean, there, there really weren't a lot of bright spots for Tennessee in this game. Um, I know that sounds like, yeah, obviously. But uh, also, I do want to mention uh, Tennessee scoring. They were down 38-23. Yes. Scored a touchdown was, with two seconds left, and they shot off fireworks. They did not shot off. They did not shoot off fireworks after swear, that touchdown. I swear to you. Who? I swear to you. Who's I? Who? I, I listen. They're I know automated. that you. They've got to be automated, right? Dude, no. Some no. You don't automate fireworks. I, I mean, maybe you might be right, but you're an idiot if you automate fireworks. Somebody hits a button for fireworks. You don't automate fire. You know how? Do you know how risky that is to automate fireworks to let the robots be in charge of the explosives? <laughs> so, no, okay, so you mentioned, I was about to get into that. So it ended up being a 38-30 loss for Tennessee. And you mentioned the gentleman's touchdown that they got at the end. 
Like this was a this was a sixteen point loss. This, this was a whopping. This this was this was a spanking. This was a two score, almost three score loss uh, for Tennessee against Georgia State. And Tennessee, obviously, they didn't have high expectations. They didn't think they were going to come in and win the East and get some big upsets over you know uh, Georgia or Alabama or anything like that. But it is year two of Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy Pruitt's a defensive guy, right? He's a defensive minded guy. If anything, he shored up the defense a little bit if the offense is going to continue to struggle. The offense played decent enough. Georgia State could not have run the ball better on Tennessee. It, it was, I was aghast, if, if you don't mind me using that no, word. I, I was not at all. I was, I was agog. Hey, I, 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 couldn't nice. be- <laughs> I, I couldn't believe how, how porous that defense looked against Georgia State. Shit There's- through a tin horn, man. There are so many different plays you can point back to in this game. Uh, but again, I think that fumble is... There was nine minutes left. You're down by five. You're down by five. Just go win it. Just go stop them. Go score. Yeah, it's embarrassing, but you won. And they just couldn't do it. They no, just couldn't was... do it. And I, again, I don't know where you go from here. Because the obvious answer is fire Pruitt, but that buyout is huge. No, you don't fire Pruitt. First of all... You uh, remember the coaching search? Let me just take you back. Oh yeah, a year and a half. Like, oh yeah. You can't fire Pruitt. You you were blessed with Pruitt. You were looking at. I mean, you you went and tried to get. Who was it? Was it Shiano? Yes. Was that who they had quote unquote hired until they decided not to because of because of the the, the backlash they got from it? Um, yes. And they were looking at worse than that. They were blessed by Pruitt. Pruitt. They won't get better. Than, no. Mm-mm. You can't yeah. you you can't move on from Pruitt. You get. You can't move on from Pruitt for another two years. Like you have to just look at this as he took over a dumpster fire and he's going to take his lumps. And then if then if in year four this is still happening, then you can do it. But uh, yeah, this is this is bad. Uh, this is just really bad. Tennessee plays BYU next week, who just had a tough loss against Utah. They'll be looking to avenge that. Luckily, they get that BYU game at home. They play Chattanooga, so they'll hopefully get one more win. Right after that, they're at Florida. Home against Georgia, home against Mississippi State, and at Alabama. Now, I mean, if you're Tennessee, you've got to do what FSU's doing right now, and you've got to try to feed it to your fan base that that was a fluke because they don't believe it was. And yeah, um, I, I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but they didn't even – if you look at their tweets, they didn't even bother to post the final score. No. Right. The they, didn't the, <laughs> they didn't even post the. They didn't even post the final score, and then the next tweet was week two begins now on Monday. Uh, shout out! Shout out! Matt Suter uh, runs uh, Durham Bulls Twitter. I don't think we have too many parties that follow Durham Bulls Twitter and listen to this podcast. But if we do, the ruse is over. Matt Suter runs the Durham Bulls Twitter. It doesn't take too much research to figure that out. He is excellent at running social media. This is my boss. Okay, when we are. Out to lunch. We talked about it today. When we are just, you know, in the office looking at things, I love talking with him about social media, social media strategies, social media etiquette, that type of thing, right? It's right. made me better at my job. It's made me a better writer. It's made me learn things about the business and seeing teams and branding and everything in a different light, right? When I, I wish I could have a GoPro, I wish I would have worn a GoPro when I told him that Tennessee did not tweet for 19 and a half hours after they lost that game. No final score graphic. All you got to do is tweet a final score graphic after the game. Final 38-30, Georgia Southern, or Georgia State, on to next week. 
That's all it says. That's the tweet. You tweet a graphic with the final score. That's that. That's you're it. gonna you're gonna take your lumps in the mentions, yes, but look, you but you ignore those. When you don't say anything, you open yourself up to so many more bullets, right? If it's a firing squad, you just opened it up from a six-man firing squad to an army. Okay, it like there's there's no if ands or buts about it. You have ruined yourself. You've taken all credibility away from yourself. It, right, it, especially it, when you're a football. You know, coaches talk all the time about owning the loss. Yet the official university page can't own the loss. That's I get what you're someone, saying. Someone tried to bring up on social media. They said, "Oh, well, Tennessee just didn't have a loss graphic made, so they didn't put one out." I don't believe that at all. Before every season, your branding, your guidelines people, your marketing people, your social media people, your video people, your graphic designer, all of them sit in a room, they eat pizza and wings and Chinese food, and they hash out what your graphics are going to look like for that year, right? And everyone's on the same page. And when you do that, you make graphics for a win, you make graphics for a loss, you make graphics for a field goal, you make graphics for a fumble, a pick six, a scoop and score, whatever it is, right? That is how it works. Don't try and tell me they didn't have one prepared, okay? You have it in your arsenal. <laughs> I knew this, I knew this no would way. get you going. <laughs> it, it's, it's, just, it's just so unbelievably piss poor. They're a social media person. That's fireable. I'm sorry. That's fireable. Eh, maybe they got fired. They should have. They should have. Them and Florida State's uh, social media people should be fired. No, Florida State's people should keep their jobs forever because we need that. Speaking Florida of Florida State, State, can we talk about Florida State? Let's, yeah, well, this now, is this is a good time to get into them. We, we were going to talk about Auburn, but let's put Auburn on the back burner for a minute. Just well, we like should we should probably should. end on Auburn and USC and the rest of those games. I mean, that, that yeah, was I, that was the prime I time. I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, Boise State and Florida State. I'm going to let you take this one. You feel more passionately about this one. I just went off about Tennessee. You go off about this. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's no secret that I have a little bit of roots in Florida State, and um. I picked them to win last week. Uh, Ole Miss was losing. Florida State was winning. I was feeling good. Um, my parents are a Florida State fan. They went to Florida State. Uh, I grew up a Florida State fan because of that. So, um, you know, my mom's joking around with me, and she's texting me, you know, oh, ooh, hey, where's the national championship this year? You know? They, they were joking. They knew they, they were being, you know. But the offense looked impressive. I mean, they scored 28 in the first quarter. Like, yeah. and had one called back. They, they almost put up 35 in the first quarter. I mean, I, I, I genuinely, I left my house and drove to work at halftime and I, I, I maybe I cursed him. I have no idea. Uh, it was just all of a sudden they were right back to last year with, with the offense. It's like, what, what? And then the defense was porous. The team couldn't jump on fumbles. And, and we went from, all right, maybe Willie Tacker does know what he's doing in 30 minutes of football. We went from that to, nope, got to fire him. Where's, where's the buyout money? He's gone. I'm, I'm telling, he is, this is, the, the unique thing about FSU is, he's the first coach to suck there in 45 years. Yeah. You know, every every team can basically remember what it's like to have a bad coach, right? Ask Alabama, oh yeah, you know, whoops. Uh, we've got a lot of them. We've got, we've got a lot of them before, uh, before Nick Saban stepped in. You ask, you ask um, Florida, they, they go, we just had two. Uh, and then you go, then Ron Zook <laughs> before that. And then you go, um, you know, you can look at you can look at any of them. Florida State is the only school that most of the fans can't remember a time when they didn't believe in their coach. Yeah, ever. That's a very good point. And so they are going to be freaking out. Not only that, I've been telling my dad all off season. I'm like, if the offense looks like Dookie all season, that that is the axe that falls. 
because that will be what tips over the axe. That will be what hangs the team because it's going to, like, they they hired they hired a Bryles to fix this. They hired a Bryles to fix this. Wow. So you so so they they took the egg in their face to bring a Bryles on board. And if it doesn't get fixed with the Bryles, and now you hired the Bryles, and the Bryles didn't do what the Bryles was hired to do, everybody's done. Clean house. Interesting it, down it's, there. It is. It is over. Yep. So that that's my. T- it wasn't Art. It was um, the son, Art Bryles' son. If, if if you're wondering, they brought him in to be the offensive coordinator. So Florida State, Tennessee are in similar boats. Florida State's loss isn't as bad as Tennessee's, but it probably hurts the program more. Uh, short term. It was bad. Let's move on to Auburn and Oregon. Yes. Uh, the other game on Saturday night, uh, or I should say the big game on Saturday night, uh, Auburn and Oregon, okay? With two minutes left in the uh, fourth quarter, or excuse me, a minute ha- minute and a half left, yeah. okay? Third and three for Auburn. ESPN gave uh, Oregon a 75.5% win probability. They lose 27-21. Bo Nix, 13 for 31. He threw 18 incomplete passes, two interceptions, 177 yards and two touchdowns. And boy, let me tell you, that last drive looked great. But the people who are saying Bo Nix for Heisman, he's the next Cam Newton, stop. Stop it. You clearly didn't watch the game. The kid looked completely lost against a meh Oregon defense all game long. Auburn could not rush the ball. Auburn couldn't pass it in the first half. This was Oregon's to lose, and boy, did they lose it. Dude, Oregon should have been up 28-3 to at halftime of this game. Yes. And again, of course, like, at work, we did a, you know, of course, we cover Auburn and Alabama, and we had a crew in Auburn, and we did a 45-minute post-game special because it was on ABC, and I work at ABC. And so we were, I mean, this was our, this was our night, right? This yep. was, Auburn was our game. This was our night. We had some Bama in the post-game show, but Bama played at 2.30. Auburn played at 6.30. That's our primetime game. So I watched every snap. And, and Auburn was, was, was lucky at halftime that they weren't down 28-3. to I mean, they, um, Oregon's, or, Oregon dropped a pass on third and goal. In the end zone, a very catchable pass, and then the kicker shanked a 20-yard field goal. Boom, Auburn takes over. Uh, Oregon returns a punt down to the Auburn five. The very next play, Justin Herbert fumbles the exchange, and Big Cat Bryant takes it 88 yards down to the Auburn three. Like, it it could not have been more lopsided in that first half. And then I kept telling everybody, I said, this game is 14. to Everybody at work was like, man, Auburn looks bad. This is bad. They're going to lose. We've got a lot of Auburn fans. I'm looking at all of them going, dude, do you know anything about Auburn football? It's a 14-6 game at halftime. I never, I, I knew the whole way through. I didn't care when Auburn went down 21-6. I said Auburn's winning this game. When um, it was 21-6, I called him out. Because I, I said it was or, Oregon can only squander so many chances, right? You as a football team are only going to get X amount of chances. You, If you squander all, eventually Auburn's going to get their licks in. Eventually Bo Nix is going to take a fourth and three and dive five yards forward and get it. It was an amazing play. And if, if it had been Stidham, if that fourth and three, but this is what I'll say about Bo Nix. If that fourth and three had been Jarrett Stidham, Auburn loses that game. This is the fourth and three converted with about a minute left. Yep. Yep. Um, 
but he made a great play. He made big plays down the stretch. He was set up in a position to succeed. He looked bad for 85% of this game. And yeah. he's got clear... I mean, we saw the tools. He's got a very bright future ahead of him. Um, he clearly looks... You can see the talent there. And if Gus Malzahn, whoever coaches Auburn for the next three years, is able to coach him up, he'll be a fine quarterback. And he'll be one of the better quarterbacks in his conference eventually. But he was not that on Saturday. Auburn looked bad. And Oregon... Sorry, man. We keep trying to listen to the Pac-12. Got the team, and then the pa- and then here we are. Uh, let me. We're gonna play a quick game to wrap this up. Buy or sell. It's gonna be really quick. Sure. Buy or sell Justin Herbert. I've always sold Justin Herbert. He's got a good arm, but he, I I don't think that he's a NFL long-term impact quarterback. Buy or sell the Auburn Tigers. I'm still selling Auburn as a. Four or five loss team this year. I don't think they're going to be competing at the top of the West. I agree with you. They they just they looked disappointing, like you said, for eighty five percent of the game, and that's the best way that I could put it. They couldn't get anywhere on the ground against Oregon. No, against I mean they're on, they're on the road at A and M in in three weeks. They've still got Alabama, Georgia uh, on that schedule. They've got they go to Florida this year. They got to play LSU. They got they they go to LSU. They go to LSU, or they haven't won since nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, so, I mean it's I mm, I am not feeling good if I'm an Auburn Tiger, but you know try telling them that you're happy. Uh, you're happy because it would have been a lot worse had Auburn gotten smoked in this game for everybody's long term future. Bo Nix would have lost his confidence. Now he has confidence. Gus Malzahn keeps a little bit of his job there, but you know we'll see what happens the rest of the way. I still don't think he's coaching there at the end of the year. Two-point loss to Tulane. All right, let's move on to USC versus Fresno State. Uh, only reason we're talking about this game, very sad. Uh, USC quarterback JT Daniels uh, tears his ACL. He's out for the season. Had a decent game before he went out, um, and that, you know, that'll that'll do it. Uh, it's from bad to worse, really, at USC. You know, that 31-23 win is big, and it really was 31-13 at the start of the fourth quarter, so it was even bigger than that. Um, especially because they didn't score any points in the fourth quarter. But, man, oh, man, the prediction you have of Urban Meyer heading to USC sounds more and more likely with each passing day, my friend. I think it's happening. I'm not backing off of it. It hurt. It sinks that they lost their quarterback. I didn't want that to be a part of the prediction. But Well, we never do. I right. Mean, you, I hate But uh, he, the rest of the anybody. season, they're going with a true freshman, a true freshman that, quite frankly, I've never heard of. I'm not saying he's terrible. Um, but you know me, I keep up I, recruiting pretty well and I don't know who this guy is. Yeah. I've, I've never heard of him either. He's Let's not, he, he, he might be fine. But what I'm saying is when you hear true freshman quarterback at USC, it's, you know, it, 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 it's, it's JT Daniels. It's Matt Barkley. It's, you know, you know who the guy oh, is. Matt Carson. Liner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Monday night, boy, did we, or excuse me, Sunday night, Sunday night. we have a thriller. Jalen hurts led the team and passing rushing he can do your laundry do the dishes shine your shoes sweep the house i'm quoting friday night lights here and I know what he you, I know can what you pass if you want to win put booby in or put jalen hurts in my god 20 for 23 332 yards for three touchdowns 16 carries for 176 yards and three touchdowns and he fumbled he had a great game no one's denying that did you see the post-game interview i saw the post-game interview yes did you see how upset he was after the game? I love it. Let me ask you, let me give you my opinion, and I want to hear what you think, and then I'm actually going to save 
most of that post-game interview on the interviewer's side for my sound off. Get ready, Holly Rowe. I know you listening. Jalen Hurts looked upset, distraught, bummed out. Any other synonym you can think of. Because he realized, I think, in that game, holy crap. This team is excited because we just gave up 31 points to Houston and won by 18. That's a good point. In a game where I played probably the best, statistically the best game of my career. I mean, obviously. Most rushing yards, most passing yards, right? The best game of a debut quarterback in an Oklahoma uniform. Ever. Best ever. Ever. That's Baker Mayfield. That's Kyler Murray. That's, that's all the way back through the 60s, 50s, 40s. All that Oklahoma history, you are numero uno, and you're bummed out after that game because you looked up at the scoreboard, and yeah, your team won by 18, but man, we give up 31 to Houston. What's it going to be like when we get a Texas? What's it going to be like when we get to the playoffs and we're playing Clemson? What's it going to be like when I have a bad night? Against- well, think about think about the school he just came from, right? All right, let's say it was let's say he, it was Bizarro World, and he's starting for Alabama, and Alabama opens up with Houston, and he has a great game. Alabama wins 49-31. You think the fan base is uh, feeling that win? No. Oh, God, no. Fan base is not celebrating a 49-31, and that's what he's used to. I'm not saying it's wrong for Oklahoma to be happy about that win. I'm really not, and I don't think you are either. Um, No, no, not at all. That's that's how Oklahoma wins football games, but it's not what he's used to, and it's not what he's going to accept. No, and he's he's pissed, and he's pissed. And I'll leave the rest of that post-game interview uh, for my sound off, like I said. But he did have a fumble. I know he's probably upset about that. Uh, But his offense had 686 total yards. I mean, just moving down the field. Lincoln Riley's a force to be reckoned with, man. A lot of teams passed up on that guy, and they're going to be kicking themselves for a long, long time for it. Uh, Anything else you want to mention in uh, Oklahoma-Houston? No, I mean, I really have... Absolutely. Jalen Hurts showed us how much he's grown as a quarterback, and he's in an offense that, that really, really shows off his skill set. And I'm, I'm happy for him, man. Yep. Uh, all right. Buy or sell the Notre Dame Fighting Irish? Um, what am I buying or selling them as? Do I think they go back to the playoff? No. Are yes. they top 15? That's, well, that's their pinnacle because they refuse to join a conference. If, if you're a Notre Dame fan, I don't see how every season is not playoff or bust. I don't think Notre Dame sh- Okay. Paul Feinbaum said this, and I disagree with a lot of stuff he says. Don't get me wrong. But he, he brought up this week, he doesn't think Notre Dame should be allowed in the playoff, and, and I would almost resonate that. Because they don't play a – they play a decent schedule just by default because they get certain teams every year. But it's not Michigan. They're not playing Michigan every year anymore. Um, no. They got USC. They don't play a tough enough schedule to give them the benefit of the doubt anymore. They're just Notre Dame, right? It's the way – I know Alabama gets you know sort of the benefit of the doubt, but at least they're in a conference, and at least they've got that extra game. Notre Dame's not, and I know I sound like a hypocrite because Alabama's gotten into the playoff um, twice or once with, and then one national championship without winning their conference or getting that extra game, but still, they play in the SEC. Notre Dame doesn't have a tough enough schedule to do that, and so if we're going to sit here and go, conference, 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 what conferences are getting in, what conferences aren't getting in, for Notre Dame to now cancel two of those conferences, we're going to talk so much about conference championships and well, you know, Ohio State, you know, they did win the they did win the, the conference, but then they lost. No, I'm sorry. Join a conference, yeah. pooper, get off the pot. Uh, and I'm also selling them as a playoff team. Um, but are you I, se- buying or selling Ian Book? I'll buy him. I would. I wouldn't mind if he started. I think he's good enough to start for 
you know, a lot of teams. I, I, I think, think he's good enough to lead his team to the playoff if he's got the yes. team around him to do it. I think Ian Book is a is a decent quarterback. Uh, I don't think he's anywhere near the echelon of the elites of Hertz, Tungavailoa, Lawrence. No, he's no he's 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 closer to to the middle of the pack than he is to the to the top of the pack. He's he's a top twenty quarterback, but he's closer to being in the middle top fifty quarterbacks than he is to being in the top ten, top five. L- Louisville had a a decent shot at this game uh, for for a good bit. They were only down by uh, eleven uh, in like deep or not deep, but I guess about at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, they forced a couple punts, and had they been able to push the ball across, that's a four point game. Uh, yeah, good news that- for Louisville. Their defense did. I mean, they gave they ended up giving up thirty five at the end of the day. But how much were they given up to this team a year ago? Who knows? Yeah, Their exactly. defense that's looked a lot better. How 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 much difference does a year make? You know, I mean, it's uh, that's huge for Louisville. Um, and I, you know, I, ugh, if you're Notre Dame, I wouldn't be very excited about that game. Uh, that would that would be boding some very tough things, especially when you look down your schedule and you're at Michigan and at Georgia this year. Oh, so they do have Michigan this year. Well, they that's do good. have Michigan this year, but they, I think, I think within, I think 2021, I think is the year they lose them off their schedule. Okay, okay, gotcha. Uh, but. Rick, let's move on to our most important segment that's going to last about 12 seconds. If you could just uh, go ahead and cue, uh, cue up the music for me, that'd be, uh, yep. that'd be nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> you know, um, give me a second. My, my computer's kind of... It's fine. Um, I'll get the boards ready. <laughs> Ooh, baby. Buffalo going up top on Robert Morris. 38 to 10. 5 for 10 for 69 yards. 5 with touchdowns. Yeah, Kent State lost. Um, I don't. I can't tell you the score. I can't even tell you anything that happened. That's it for our sweetheart segment this week. They got forked by Arizona State. Herm Edwards Ooh, forked them. That sounded kind of dirty. Now that you Look, put it that way, <laughs> it forks up, dude. The Kent State Golden Flashes got forked this week by Herm Edwards and the Arizona State Sun Devils. Forks up. Forks up, baby. But no, you know, Kent State's still going to win out. Probably not. It'll happen. No. Yep. Let's All right, so what we got, we we got a uh, sneaky good schedule coming up this week, and a sneaky good game, seriously. We're, we're, we're now into week two of college football. A sneaky good game is Ohio State-Cincinnati. I, I was hoping you were going to bring that up. God, yeah. You're my best friend in the whole world. In the whole world. I think Justin Fields has got it. Uh, you know, this this could be a big game for him. But I think if he plays poorly, Cincinnati's got a shot. This could go. This could go into this. This game could go into the second half. And yeah, if he's playing poorly, it'll go into the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. Cincinnati, as we've said, is is decently, secretly good. And uh, I mean, neither of us gonna are gonna pick Ohio State to lose at home in this game. But no. It's an early kickoff. Cincinnati is, they, I mean, Ohio State might be looking ahead. They might be full of themselves after a big win. Who knows how they'll wake up feeling that day. It'll it'll be that typical Ohio State game. I think we said it last week on the podcast where you look up and you're like, oh, shoot, it's 10-10. Yeah. It's 10-10. There's five minutes left till halftime. Uh, Ohio State won 49-10. And, and to be fair, Michigan, again, we are not overreacting to what they did. But remember how good Army was last. Army was bad this past weekend, but Army was good last year. And yeah, yeah. another uh, weird kickoff game could be, you know. You know, I'm not I'm not saying, but I am just saying. Uh, I'm not a betting man. The spread on this game is 22 points. Might not 20, be bad to go against it. 22? Uh, I don't know. 
about that? You know, that's a triple option team, man. They are going to waste a lot of clock. I, I, you can never go wrong betting on the uh, on the triple option military teams. All right, uh, um, gut, it was a free hey, touchdown spread. Gut, gut feeling here. Um, gut feeling. Two teams that looked pretty pretty rough last week. West Virginia at Missouri. Who you taking? Uh, that West Virginia team looked bad, man. I've I ooh, as bad as Missouri time. though. I mean, Missouri lost to Wyoming. We don't know how good Wyoming is. Like, tell me one thing about Wyoming right now, though. That's bad that I can't tell you. It, I can no, tell you a lot of things about Missouri. They were they were a dark horse in the East. Yeah. Bad uh, week for the SEC, by the way. I'm going West Virginia, in case you're wondering. I don't know what the line is. I'm not looking at lines. I like to pick straight up uh, on this podcast. The, the lines, uh, West Virginia is a 13.5-point favorite. Kelly Bryant did go 31 for 48 for 423 yards last week. He was good, but they lost to Wyoming. Hey, uh, just, so, just so we put our names on it, Vanderbilt-Purdue. Sure, buddy. Give me the doors. Rob Hammer down. That's the toughest. Give me the doors. Shirt that I've got. Give me the doors. You're taking the door. I'm taking Vanderbilt, baby. You know we should start doing like a weekly bet on some crappy game every week. We should. I'm going Vanderbilt this week, though. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you. I just got a feeling. Right. Let's preview our Texas A&M Clemson game. Can we do that? Let's do it. Let's do that. Let's do it. That for some reason that's the two thirty kickoff. LSU Texas is the marquee. Ki- I actually think that this game's more intriguing. But I do too. Okay, here's my thing with this game. How is Clemson a seventeen and a half point favorite? I kn- listen. I don't know. That's how good they are. And uh, down to sixteen and a half now. But how? Like they almost lost. Le- well, I guess they did start Kelly Bryant last year in this game. That's what everybody's going to say. But Kellen Mond blew Trevor Lawrence out of the water last week with how good he looked. Yeah, he did. And you know what? I, I actually see Clemson winning this by more than 16. Oh, bud. I don't think this game's going to be that good. I think that whoever, quote-unquote, struggled against Georgia Tech, which was basically nobody, if you want to say what Trevor Lawrence was strong, I just think Trevor Lawrence is a 19-year-old kid that was overlooking the game, and it happens. But Yeah, no, he's just a kid. But if Tua does it, he's the worst quarterback to ever live. I'm not saying you say that. I'm just saying the rest of college football does. They do, and you're fair to say that. I'm going to go with the 19-year-old kid that was looking forward to this game that's been studying all offseason for this game. And uh, I actually, I and think... Kelly Mond th- hasn't? Kelly Mond almost won this game last year. He bro. did. He did. Against and a defense that's way better than this Clemson defense is now. I can't tell you why. I mean, I can tell you why, I guess. I, 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 fa- I feel like Clemson wins this by three scores. I feel like this is this feels now I know that it, it, it feels like the statement game. It feels like this it, it feels like Clemson they know they've got one game on the season and we know how good they are, and this is the game where they're gonna go. Here, here we are. It, look, look, this is it, right? You know, I don't know. This is their statement I, look, game. I'll take Clemson by 10, but I'm not taking them any more than that. I, I seriously think people are underestimating how good this Texas A&M defense is. Now, granted, they were playing Texas State in their first or, uh, yeah, Texas State in their first game. I mean, that's nothing to really write home about. But at the same time, you know, you look back to shoot, look, look back to their last five games, even going back to last year, they had a seven overtime win. They had a big win in the bowl game against NC State. They only only gave up 13 points to your former sweetheart, sir. Yeah. Okay. I'm still. I still feel Clemson by three scores. 
I'm taking Clemson by 10. Maybe I'm drinking too much Clemson Kool-Aid, but... I, I think you are. All right, let's move on. Uh, we've got Texas and LSU, buddy. You going horns up, horns down. This is the one I, I still haven't figured this out yet. And while we... Okay, real quick, because it's going to be such a bad game. BYU-Tennessee, and because you love talking about Tennessee. Oh, Storm and Mormons all day. Storm and Mormons by four scores. Yeah, I'm going BYU. Maybe not by four scores, but I, I don't know that Tennessee... Yeah, that read... last part was a little bit of a joke, but I, I don't just... think Tennessee's got it. Yeah, that team looked to, to dejected to the point where I don't know that this is a pretty recovery. Um, no. Uh, LSU, Texas. Uh, I, 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 if it wasn't at Texas, this would be easy for me. If this was a neutral site game and wasn't a night game... This would be easy for me. Um, mm. But because of those factors, it really brings it in a little more. I'm still going to go LSU. I, re- I really liked what Joe Burrow showed me. I know what, te- I know what Texas has. I know Sam Ellinger's a good quarterback. I did not know what Joe Burrow would look like in the second year starting. He looked pretty decent. I know it was a bad team, but I liked what I saw. I'm going LSU by three or four. Okay. Okay. Look, I... I Texas is one of my playoff teams. I can't not take them. And honestly, I think they can lose to this LSU team and still make it into the playoff. 100%. Uh, but I'm going to take Texas by, like you said, three or four. It's it's really we're splitting hairs at this point. I don't think we've seen enough. Yes, Joe Burrow played ga- great against Georgia Southern. Whatever. Like, show me something against this Texas team, and I'll be impressed. I will think that LSU has turned a corner with their offense after this game if they win it and look impressive. If this is a... 10-7, slug them out, drag them out. Ah, look, no. No, it's not happening. I hear you there, and I'm actually a little surprised because you know how hard I've been on LSU since Les Miles left. Yeah. I, I, I thought they were going to fade into almost mediocrity, and they're still sitting here at number six with the primetime game in week two against Texas. Hey, you know, kudos to them. Um, Stanford USC, you want to make a quick pick there? I'm going to make a quick pick and then we're going to do upset we're going to do an upset watch and warning if you have one. I'm going to give you mine right after my pick here. I think the last time I looked uh USC was a 1 point favorite and I'm just not buying that. I think this is just a shove. I've got Stanford in this game. I feel bad for USC losing JT Daniels. Uh Stanford also playing without their starting quarterback, which I think makes this a little more interesting, which gives me less confidence in the Cardinal, but I I've got to take Stanford here. Yeah, I, I can go with you there. So what's your upset pick and what's your upset warning? My, no, no, no. It's just, it's just a watch or warning. I want to ask if you've got a watch or a warning. Okay, okay. I've, got a, I've got a watch for Florida State because we all saw what they did last week. They're going to be favored over Louisiana Monroe. I think that's who they're playing. I don't even, I'm not even completely confident that's who they're playing. I think that's who they're playing. I don't care who they're playing. They're on a I've watch. Got, I've got an upset warning. Okay. For Oregon with Nevada coming into town. Oh, that's a good one. Look, if you didn't watch what Nevada did to uh, Purdue last week, you missed out, man. I think we brought it. I don't know if we brought it up on the podcast. We no, didn't. We would have because it was. It was yeah, it wasn't Malik Henry, yeah. but Nevada kicked a game-winning field goal from 56 yards out, erased a 17-point deficit in the fourth quarter, and Nevada's holder took off his helmet, and threw it across the field before the ball sailed through the uprights. It is easily one of my favorite college football moments from 2019, and uh, it's going to be tough to pop, tough to top. It was hilarious. Uh, tough one for Purdue, 
but I, I've got to take uh, my upset warning, not just a watch. You need to get in your basement and hug something close to you, Oregon. Nevada's coming in hot. My warning isn't as as lofty as yours, um, but but I will. I'll, I'll just call, I'll just make the upset pick. I, I think North Carolina is going to beat Miami. Um, yeah, I, I really, really, really hate what Danny Nose did uh, after the game. You know, I'm not a Danny Nose fan now. I really hate what he had to say about his quarterback after the game. Buried we talked. We talked about it last week. I, I am buried him. I am emphatically not a fan of that crap. Um, and and whatever he did to that kid's confidence made it even worse. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he responds to it, but I feel like Miami's in a pretty bad way after that loss. And I think North Carolina. I don't think North Carolina is a good team, but I, I don't like Miami in this game. North Carolina is right. coming off a big win. It's a night game. Now they're at home, um, and they got a sort of dejected Miami team still licking their wounds. I'm taking North Carolina. Kennesaw State. <laughs> Sweetheart music. Takes on your Golden Flashes. Do you think that your Golden Flashes can take down a Big South Conference member in Kennesaw State? I think that not only will they take them down, I see them winning by 63 points. Who's their quarterback again? Uh, Nick Saban Jr. That's good. That's good enough for me. I think Buffalo takes down Penn State on the road this this week, obviously. Of course. Obviously. That game's going to be on Fox. I'll be Penn State scored, what, 79 points last week? Easy Let's dub. Easy it. dub it's for really, the Buffs. It's really just semantics at this point. All right. Are there any other games? Nope. Week? That is nope. it. Hit me with your sound off. My sound off is this. Holy row. Oh, buddy. Let me say this before I get before I go in. Are you going to let me talk? I'm going to let you, you let talk. talk my shit again? Yeah, even right. if I don't hit again. Look. I like Holly Rowe a lot, normally. She had a rough one the other night. She she's had a rough she's one, one of the... Yeah, I, I feel like we have to say that right, she so, is one of the best in the business at what she does. Yes, That's I why agree. she's been doing it for 20 years now? I don't know. A long time. Her interview with Kyler Murray was awkward during the game. I didn't... I wasn't watching it too closely, but I had a buddy of mine tell me, like, no, dude, you're right. It was awkward. A little awkward, yes. Her interview with Jalen Hurts after the game was not only painful and cringeworthy to watch... Listen, if you're a young reporter listening to this podcast for some ungodly reason, never demand that someone you're interviewing does something or says something. And especially don't do it if they say no the first time. Here's what happened if you didn't watch the interview. Jalen Hurts, like we said earlier, was obviously, he, he was a little dejected, a little bummed out after the game. He said, we just didn't execute. Just didn't play our game plan like we wanted to. We gotta, we gotta get in the locker room and figure some things out. And Holly Rose said, "Well, you just broke the record and 150 some odd rushing yards and 300 pass yards, and you just broke the debut record for an Oklahoma quarterback." And he said, "Nah, I, you know, I know, but I still just not feeling good about it." She said, "Well, can I just get a smile from you? <laughs> oh can gosh. you just smile?" And he, he kind of chuckled, and then he said, "You know, we just what is what do you say to that?" Yeah, I'm I mean, he, he gave you he gave you your alone. answer. So then he said, well, you know, we're, we're, we're just going to work to get better. We're just going to work to get better. And she said, come on, just one smile, Jalen. Stop. Stop. You're, he's not your seven-year-old son at church. He's not hiding behind your skirt when you're introducing him to someone. Stop. Well, it's, it, not like he's, it's also not like he's a true freshman. This guy has been through it before. He's been to the highest high and the lowest low of college football. There's no one who has had the 
Odyssey-type epic story of college football like Jalen Hurts. Okay? Stop it. He's a grown man. He's had to make really tough decisions. If he's not happy about something, it's like the quote in Remember the Titans. I don't laugh if I don't think it's funny. I don't dance unless I hear it's unless I hear music. Like it's the same thing. But Holly Rowe just kept insistent. She was insistent. Just just give me a smile. Just leave him alone. Also, I don't want to be that guy, but can you this was said by my fiance. I want to go on record as saying that because I know how out of context this can be taken. My fiance, a female named Jade, she's been on this podcast before, said this before I even thought of it. If a male reporter said that to a female athlete, he'd be fired. He'd be suspended at least, maybe fired. Yeah, I mean, it'd be an article on on somewhere. And and also, what you're what you're bringing up, I don't remember which one. It was one of Alabama's recent. Um, uh, I I think it was the Michigan State one. It was one of their recent semifinal wins. It was either that one or the one the next year over. Uh, Washington, yeah. Washington. I don't remember who interviewed him. I think it was the Michigan State one, and they it said, "Can we finally get a smile out of you after?" Yeah. And Nick Saban just goes, "What? Why? Not we still got another game. Like the job's not done. If we win next week, yeah. But <laughs> he was. They were. I mean, kudos to the, they were both nice about it, and everybody they were both was nice. nice and, and both of them cried to smile just because it's so awkward. Yeah, it's so awkward. No, there and and nobody. You should, you're right. It's it's not something you applaud. It's just it's it's a it's a forced sort of. No, you're it's, you're it's you're it, you're trying to force your journalistic spin on it, right? They want to, you know, Nick Say, Alabama won by 38. Everybody's happy again now in, in Tuscaloosa. Hey, Jalen Hurts just broke the record. He's, He's really thrilled. digging his new place. Yeah. And then it's, it, you know, they thought that their interview was going to go one way, and it didn't. And you go, okay, well, this is the story now. But they had clearly, you know, it's fine. I mean, it ha- you know, whatever, heat of the moment. But, yeah, you're completely right. And, again, love Holly Rowe. Normally, I think she does a fantastic job. One of, if not the best in the business in college football. But that drove me absolutely nuts. Brick, what's your sound off, buddy? Mine's also Jalen Hurts related, but it's not It's not there. And it's it's only a little Jalen Hurts related. But um, it, it's more about... Okay, so a, a, a preseason and early weeks of the season, every reporter with a pulse likes to say... Well, I don't think we need to do polls. I don't think we need to do top 25 polls until week six or week eight because it makes them sound smart. Preseason polls are overrated. They, they do nothing. Okay, they're right. They are right. But the reason that they do the polls is so that people can write articles. And you guys get to write articles. But they all like to say it because it makes them sound smart. Well, yeah. Okay, so how come after week one, when most teams played a sort of easier schedule... Right, most teams play a warm-up game, and some teams don't. Why? Have, why in God's name, after week one, is now everybody coming out with "Here's who my Heisman leader is" after week one? And most of them had Jalen Hurts. And yes, if you were to give out the Heisman award after week one, sure, give it to Jalen. But how many times have we had these stupid September Heisman winners? It's like, it's just, it's sort of a practice what you preach there, right? If you're going to be one, and I, I'm not, I guess. Every single person that comes out with one, maybe I could go back and do the research and find where they said that preseason polls are overrated. Right, I bet Barrett Salee has said that in his life somewhere. But everybody jumped on the, my week one Heisman leaders, Jalen Hurts, so that everybody will go, what, not Trevor Lawrence or Tua? 
and react to them so they can get their clout. Like, no, practice what you preach. If you don't believe that there should be preseason polls after week one, then don't write an entire two-page article on who's your Heisman leader after week one. That's it. Yep. Right? We, well, don't talk, we don't talk Heisman on the podcast week by week. We wait until about October at the earliest. Yeah, and then we love giving it out in October like every other media outlet because we're geniuses. Hey, eventually, every- you, no, eventually you do start talking about it, but you just give, you just give it a little minute. Go Thank ahead. you so much for listening, everyone. We really appreciate it. We couldn't do this podcast without you. We can't believe that we're in year five. Hashtag grad transfer. We love doing this. Could not do it without you. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. Remember to catch us or, uh, yeah, to catch us on social media. Let us know how we're doing. Go ahead and give us an iTunes review. And uh, you know how much we love you. <laughs>